Talking Tenants podcast. For any first-time listeners, we know that tenant by definition means a principle or belief. We aim to unpack the tenets of high performance and success in life and work. Today on the show, we have Kavita Herbert. Now, Kavita is a true high-performing technology sales leader. She comes from humble roots, beginning her career in recruitment and was quickly promoted to become a leader at Michael Page before being snapped up by LinkedIn. Here she spent almost five years picking up MVP awards before joining Dropbox, again being recognized for peak performance achievements. Silicon Valley Dowing Uber was next, where she took on head of enterprise for ANZ Uber Eats before more recently establishing European hypergrowth vendor Templifiers first on ground for the region. With a demonstrated track record of exceeding of exceeding revenue targets with both pre-IPO and post-IPO firms, she's an absolutely perfect role model for us to learn from on this episode of Talking Tenants. Cav, welcome to the show. Thanks, John Joe, for that very flattering introduction. No problem at all. All, uh, all worthwhile, absolutely well worth it. <clears throat> so could you talk us through your, your current role, Cab, what you're up to at the moment? Yeah, so um, as you mentioned, it's been quite a journey, and I feel very humbled to have had the opportunity to have worked for so many rocket ships and learned from some incredibly smart people. Uh, it's what inspired me to set up my own consultancy. So it's K-Factor Advisory. Uh, And what we do is we help other companies, particularly small tech and SaaS businesses, with their go-to-market strategy, with their revenue ops, with expansion plans, uh, as well as sales enablement needs. So really providing them with that full ongoing C-suite stack input on revenue decisions without them having to commit to a full-time hire. What's been the change in industry um, that has brought on this new definition of go-to-market? That's a term that we perhaps hear more and more these days. Could you could you talk us through that meaning and how that's come about? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, great question. Uh, so, go-to-market, uh, as it's defined today, is really the stage companies get to once they've established product market fit. Right. So in very simple terms, um, any early stage or any startup, uh, the first step for them is to identify a problem that's big enough um, and then build a product that solves that problem. Right. In theory, that's product market fit. Once you've established product market fit and you've got a product that solves a problem, you then proceed to go to market which is taking this product or solution to market in a way that the unit economics makes sense, right? So a go-to-market strategy will typically include not just defining the who, the what, the how, so that's who's your ICP or ideal customer profile, what's the ideal solution messaging for this ICP, um, and how or what are the sales systems in place to set your team up for success, But as I said before, your go-to-market strategy is also about executing all of this in a way that makes sense long-term, right? And so it looks at things like customer acquisition costs, payback periods, uh, and most importantly, the lifetime value of a customer. Who's responsible for go-to-market and and how well-equipped would a sales leader be typically to take on that type of responsibility? So uh, the responsibility varies depending on the organization and the size, but typically it would sit with the uh, CRO or the sales leader. But it's it's really a joint responsibility of sales, marketing, and product because 
um, particularly with SaaS companies, you can't have any one team responsible for the go-to-market strategy independent of the others. The product, the marketing, and the sales team all have to work as a cohesive unit. So um, I'd say it's a joint. Res- it should be a joint responsibility in the ideal world. And how important is that cohesion between those departments and who 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 quarterbacks that vision as such and ensures that all those different segments are involved in the journey? So in the ideal world, the C-suite works together as a cohesive unit, and they're the ones who need to align on the uh, GTM strategy. And then, of course, uh, that funnel, you know, uh, goes down to the teams. Uh, but if you know if you're in an organization that um, doesn't have that approach today, you know I'd highly encourage you to uh, encourage that collaborative dialogue uh, amongst your peers uh, with marketing, sales, and product. You've come from a, obviously a very people-focused um, career um, throughout recruitment and the the types of technology that you've uh, specialized in. Kev, how important are people in? Business, which is a bit of a loaded question, but how important <laughs> in your experience of people? Oh my gosh. Um, without the right people or the right team, you can have the world's best solution in the world and no one will buy it, right? Or very few will buy it, uh, especially when you're working with market disruptors. Because if you think about it, by definition, a market disruptor is disrupting the market or disrupting the status quo. Right. Which means it takes a very unique individual to be able to take the messaging and really paint a picture of the future to the buyer in a way that's clear, that's credible. And that gives the confidence to the buyer to kind of stick their neck on the line to buy your product. So I genuinely believe people buy from people. And so, you know, for me, uh, my team, they need to be genuine. They need to be able to build trust. Uh, You've got to be honest. Uh, but don't overpromise. At the same time, you've also got to be a good storyteller, right? You uh, need to be able to get people excited enough about your solution to give it a go. Uh, and you need to have empathy. You need to be able to put yourself in the customer's shoes so you understand what's truly important to them. So I think people with those qualities are what truly make a company successful. What's been key to your successive promotions and some of the um, leading brand names that you've worked for. You mentioned some really key factors there. Could you boil it down to um, some key traits that you think have really helped you? You're going to laugh. A lot of coffee. (laughs) 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 So look, we, we, yeah, we have a crazy coffee culture here in Australia, as you know. Right. Um, But look, in my experience, the best opportunities always come to you when you least expect them right? Uh, You don't need to be actively looking for them. And frankly, it's not possible when you're working in a fast paced time, you know, in time intensive roles. Um, But what I found really works is what I believe is really important is keeping in touch with your networks at all times, right? With your peers, your ex-colleagues, ex-directors, irrespective which part of the world they've moved to. So I, as I mentioned earlier, I've met and worked with some incredibly talented people along the way. And even after they've moved on, I've kept in touch with them. And hand on heart, every single role I've had in my career um, has come from someone I've worked with, someone in my network, who's moved to one of these rocket ships and then asked me to come join them. And the majority have happened over a casual cup of coffee. So, yeah, drink a lot of coffee and keep in touch with your network. 
And how important do you feel cutting your teeth in business as a recruiter has um, has led to the outlook on networking? Yeah, and I think uh, recruitment gave me the best foundation uh, for sales, for relationships in the industry. So, yeah, I learned a lot in my recruitment days. So loved my time at Michael Page and, uh, yeah, it set me up for all the opportunities I've had since. And leadership's been more prominent in um, um, more recently in your career, though you did start in leadership in recruitment. Um, what would advice would you give to account executives or other people in other positions that are looking to break into sales leadership? What's the pathway? Are there any particular triggers they could look out for or ways to go and um, take a leadership role? Mm, that's a good one. Yeah, because it's because I uh, first became a sales leader about 18 months after entering the corporate sector. And truth be told, it was brutal. It was baptism by fire. So I loved it. I love my team. But I definitely had the the hockey stick shaped learning curve. Um, and honestly, the, the learnings never really end. Um, but if I had to give advice on the best approach, my approach has always been to lead from the front. Right. Uh, I've never asked my team to do anything I wouldn't do myself. And, uh, you know, I'm the kind of person who just rolls up my sleeves and jumps into the fire pit with my team if they've ever needed it. Um, So, you know, leading from the front is super important. But over the years, I've also learned that it's also important to know when to hand over the wheel to your team and take a step back and steer from behind. Right. And I'll tell you why. So when you you know your team have got it, you've got to trust them, right? You've hired them for a reason, you know they're super good. So, you know, once you've led from the front, you've shown them the way, have the confidence to then let them lead and just be there in the background to sort of nudge and steer them back on course if needed. And in my experience, when you trust your team like that, their quad their performance, it quadruples. Uh, and I've seen people truly transform with that approach. So yeah, that's my advice. What, what about navigating your career towards leadership? I think your career has been really interesting in that I speak to um, people all the time who are, you know, talk to me about wanting to move into leadership. So perhaps they'll say, whatever you have for me, I'm not interested unless it's a leadership role. And they're perhaps happy to take a step back in terms of uh, maybe a customer size so they can get their foot in the door great route whereas in your career you you managed led early and then you were a strategic account director doing go to market first on ground winning deals big relationships and then landed a, a first on ground country manager type role what would be your advice on taking a more traditional linear route of leadership versus exposure in a strategic IC and then picking up a first on ground type role and moving in that way? Yes, the first thing I'd say is uh, progressing in your career is is never or should never be a linear uh, process, right? So um, yes, I became a a leader very early in my career, loved it, learned a lot. But um, for me, it was also very important to continue that learning curve, learn new trades, go into new industries. And so stepping into new industry, I then had to, again, for me to lead from the front, I needed to have, you know, credibly done the job myself uh, in that new industry, in that new space. And so 
Um, I've taken a few changes, but I felt like every step, every role I went into enriched my experience and really set me up to where I am today. What do you look for when you're hiring, Kev? You probably know this better than anyone, Jonjo. <laughs> uh, but to me, look, while past experience is important to a degree, what's most important are personality traits, right? So I, when I look at a CV, I definitely look for people who have demonstrated a track record of success. But when I meet with people, I spend the bulk of my interview getting to know them as human beings, right? I mentioned this before, people buy from people. So it's very important to me that my team, you know, they're genuine, they're honest, they're credible. But I also look for people who have a desire to learn and who are open to trying different approaches. So, you know, my approach is when I hear of a new strategy, a new sales technique, a new approach, I'll always give it a go. If it works, fantastic. I'll add it to my repertoire. If not, well, I just learned what not to do, right? So that's my approach. And that's the kind of openness to learning that I believe is crucial um, to success and what I look for when I'm hiring. Um, and of course, last but not least, good banter. You need to be yeah. able to have a good laugh, right? Um, at least pre-lockdown, uh, we spent way more time with our team in the office than even mm -hmm. our family. So mm -hmm. I don't expect everyone to be a class clown. I certainly am not, um, but it's always nice working with a team that laughs together. Yeah, right. And and um, going back to the, it sounds like you were perhaps looking towards resilience, um, ability to take risks and show that a learning trajectory is part of your, you know, your, your being, your way of, um, the way you approach your career. What, what kind of examples have you found um, from people who have been successful, what, what what kind of things have they been doing to portray those examples? I think you hit the nail on the head with the resilience. So for me, apart from having that track record of success, I believe, you know, all top performers I've met in the past or worked with in the past have shown that tenacity and resilience. Um, as mentioned, the, they've all been very genuine in their approach. Um, and the other thing that I feel sets top performers apart is they all aim high. They all tend to set big, bold, audacious targets for themselves um, and uh, do everything in their power to achieve them. That's that's why they're the top performers. Yeah, right. And in an interview, if uh, you were looking to, you know, understand if a person had a bit of banner about them and they were, you know, good fun to work with, should a rep look to build some rapport and really focus on that relationship at the start of the interview? Would you, would you, is that what you'd like to see typically? Always. I think uh, building rapport is one of the most important things uh, in any kind of relationship. So whether it's with a prospective team member, a prospective, prospective manager or prospective customer. So, um, and it comes from being yourself. You can't fake it. <laughs> so um, yeah, you know, when I interview people, uh, it's really important to have that free-flowing, honest conversation. And I always start the interview by asking them to tell me about themselves, right? Things that are not on their LinkedIn profile, that's not on their CV. Mm. I just want to hear about them as human beings. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's that's typically what I look for as well. Great. You mentioned um, when we've worked together before that it's really important that um, – people on the team are consultative solution sellers. That's something you look for. Are they able mm -hmm. to have business conversations and solve a problem? How do you 
look to see or how does somebody present and show that they're able to be a solution seller if they haven't worked in enterprise perhaps before how do they show that they've got what it takes to take that step um in an interview scenario yeah sorry in an interview, yeah. yeah 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 look i'd say first thing come prepared do your research right um so that's super important it amazes me when people still turn up for interviews unprepared um and be inquisitive you know ask intelligent questions um because in an interview scenario it's as important that you you know you get to know the company and the prospective manager as it is for them to ask you questions and that's usually you know one of the things that sets apart the strong candidates from someone who just turns up and answers every question but has no questions for you um and usually you know uh, the way i end every single one of my interviews um is uh, i ask the candidate why do you want to join us you know now you've had a chance to get to know about us and you've told us about yourself why do you want to join us and having to think about that question prior i think can really help because it's the passion the candidate demonstrates at that point at the last point you know when they're like interviews over and why do you want to join us the passion they demonstrate and the strength of that answer that's usually what uh, decides if i really want to hire that candidate or not so um you know you, even if you don't have that experience being prepared and having a think about why you want to join the company not just because you want a job but why this company i think that can really set you apart and show your consultative style sure and some of the larger engagements you've been involved in as a strategic account director to get to those kind of opportunities and be working those big strategic deals big strategic conversations how does a you know what kind of skills and traits can a rep look to improve to move to that kind of enterprise strategic selling what what's in the and and you again you're a perfect example coming from <laughs> recruitment which is you know can often be perceived as not like that how have you managed to go and position yourself and and have those kind of strategic conversations and deliver for those kind of enterprise customers yeah so to to me success in enterprise sales it's a team sport right um they say right it takes a village to to raise a child uh, enterprise sales is like that right. uh, you you can probably get by doing things as a sole operator and right. working as a lone wolf but um if you truly leverage the resources around you the people around you and make it uh, a team thing uh, to address your customers needs right so i say anyone in enterprise sales is almost being puppeteer is a wrong word but almost like that coordinator and coordinating all the various teams around them customer success pre-sales sales dev um that's that's what enterprise sales really requires and success is when that whole team wins not just one individual right okay right so a lot of that is about influencing internal stakeholders as well as external absolutely it's it's as much i'd say uh influencing and working and partnering with your internal stakeholders as it is with external stakeholders because you'll have more than one on both sides right and so it's 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 getting everyone together aligned on the common goal whatever that may be that's what delivers success in enterprise sales nice what's the the most impressive thing a candidate has done in an interview that um that you remembered is there anybody that's you don't say who but what they did 
and they won the role. Is there any anything they've done in particular to impress in an interview? Oh, I can't think of any uh, one thing, but like I said, to, um, for me, it's it's the strength of that last uh, qu- the answer to the last question, right? Why do you want to join us? Mm. Um, I've had interviews that have kind of gone on a very even keel, nothing too impressive, and then when I've asked that question, people have you know really surprised me with uh, the the passion they show for your company and the and the research they've done and uh, yeah, why the strength of the answer. So yeah, I'd say that would be the most impressive thing. Mm. The, some um, some research came out recently, the Adobe study, and I believe it said 55% of Gen Z um, workers were looking to find purpose, passion in their work. And when you, when you mention that, I wonder, are you looking for somebody to connect the dots as to why this position could be meaningful for them? What does the what problem does the business solve and come together to do that has a real impact on how they approach work and life? Is it is it that is it that deep for you? Absolutely. I think if you if, if you have a greater purpose, whatever that may be, um, and you can connect it with your work, that's when the magic happens. And that's really what, what you know, uh, good leaders try to uncover in the interview process. So getting that passion out, you know, wh- what is it that drives that candidate and connecting it to the company's mission. Fantastic. What does um, success look like for you, Kev? Ooh, for me, it's like I said, success is a team sport. Um, for me, it's like when the whole team wins, not just one individual, and the entire team is happy for each other's success and celebrates together, that's when you know you've got it right. So I call it um, having the champion team versus the team of champions. Fantastic. Nice. And what does success look like from um, a, a life perspective? How does work and life um, coincide and and work together for you, what, how would you define what success looks like in that sense? Oh, that's a good one. I'm going to steal what um, uh, what my CEO at LinkedIn, Jeff Weiner, used to say, because I, I love it. And it sort of, right. it really resonated with me. But he said, um, success with work and life is when you're happy going into work in the morning and you're happy leaving work at the end of the day, going home. If you can get happiness at both ends, that's when you know you've got it right. And I really love that. And yeah, till date, uh, it's part of, yeah, it's part of the way I work. Happiness in both ends. I remember yeah. that. That's good. <laughs> nice. And has that perception changed for you over time? You're, uh, you know, obviously got two small children now, still, um, you know, as passionate about work as ever. Has your perception of success changed since when you were starting out or is it about the Oh, same? absolutely. Right. I think earlier in my career, like most people, I was only ever focused on my own individual success. But then over the years, I just discovered winning together is way more fun than winning alone. Um, it's like, do you play board games? Um, so, which yeah, one? Yeah, I love board games. Catan's my favorite. Um, but, you know, when you're playing a board game, if and let's say you win, uh, but you've annoyed people doing it, yeah. uh, it's no fun winning, right? Mm. But if you play a really fair game and even help the other players, and you still nail it, that win is way better than anything else. So, yeah, it's something I've learned over the years, and I believe winning together is way more fun. Yeah, fantastic. What principles or beliefs or tenets for the purpose of this podcast would you say underpin 
your your work and whether it's a certain philosophy for the way you approach customers or the working week the working day are there any things that stick out in your mind yeah so for me what drives me is leaving a legacy everywhere I go so doing standout work that people remember in a good way and to achieve that it's everything I've said before it's leading from the front being yourself all the time you know having a laugh with your team uh, and most importantly being able to show empathy so whether it's with your team or with your customers you know I genuinely believe it's always important to put yourself in their shoes and and truly understand their perspective their pain their side of the story and the best solution whether it's for your team or for your customer always just becomes crystal clear for both parties and uh, you really want to always aim for a win-win right got it fantastic um do you have a daily routine cab that you that you stick to high performer like yourself are there any particular oh. <laughs> idiosyncrasies or, or well, habits routines that you that you stick to my new routine um for the last two weeks is waking up before everyone else and meditating for 20 minutes first thing in the morning and by the way I'll tell you why that's a huge achievement because it's always a race with my four-year-old who's a super early riser so the aim every day is to make sure I get that 20 minutes before she gets up because then it's all systems go right absolutely what what kind of meditation do you um do you do oh just focus on breathing just clear focus on breathing yeah um I've not done any major course or anything I've just really focused on breathing and then straight after that, just, you know, just make sure shower, dress for the day, you know, even through lockdown, lockdown always done by about eight. Uh, breakfast is a must for me. Mm. And it's only after that I open my laptop and take on the day. Nice. So the re- real um, strict starts and finishes as to uh, your routine. Yeah. yeah. Nice. I mean, it deviates sometimes, but I try to stick to it. Yeah, I'm a big proponent of the um, meditation as well. First thing in the morning um, or at lunchtime, I think that just completely changes the outlook of your day and the way you can um, address it. Yeah, I'm big, big on the meditation. Yeah, I've never done it all through and I regret not starting it earlier because mm. um, I'm loving it. Yeah, yeah, nice. Try, try um, the, the mid or the mid-afternoon, I tend to get one in, so I'll try first thing in the morning and then maybe usually one or two o'clock I'll get 20 minutes in and um there's a thing called yoga nidra which is a full body uh, one and then there's a hypnosis type one I find they just shut me off for 20 minutes or so and then have a huge boost of energy in the afternoon there you go I'll give it a go <laughs> and quick fire round Cav to finish okay, it off let's go what piece of technology couldn't you live without Oh my gosh, it's going to sound super cliched, but I'd say Dropbox and LinkedIn. I use both apps every single day of really? my life. <laughs> nice. Um, and for those of you who've forgotten, bigger places working it obviously was a strategic sales rep and still flying the flag for those uh, businesses where she did a, a great I job. Love their products, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, what are you reading, listening to at the moment? Any books or podcast recommendations? Yeah, so I'm actually rereading um, one of my favorite books. It's uh, called Who Moved My Cheese by Dr. Spencer Johnson. So great, easy read. Make sure I get that in every every uh, couple of months. I've heard of that one before, Cabo. What's, what's that one? Could you give us a... Yeah, it, it's, it's a really funny story about four mice 
Right. Right. Um, and uh, their story about how they find cheese and then how the cheese disappears. And and really, um, the the story behind it all is uh, the only constant in life is change. And you've got to be ready for change and know that change is going to keep coming. So, yeah, yeah that's the book. Nice. And finally, the best advice you've you've been given. Lead with the why. Simon Sinek. Changed my life. Classic. Nice. Great <laughs> recommendation. Kav, you've been a fantastic guest. Thank you. Um, we've certainly learned a lot from all your experiences. So thanks for being so generous to um, share some of that with us. For those, um, you know, perhaps people who would love to learn more from yourself and maybe gain some, glean some advice, how do uh, people go about um, getting in touch? Can they connect with you on LinkedIn? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. No problem. Fantastic. And um, Cav, for anybody that's listening that could be um, keen to glean some advice from you and and follow your movements, um, are they okay to connect with you on LinkedIn, follow you via LinkedIn, that kind of thing? Absolutely. Uh, Yeah, feel free to ping me on LinkedIn and would love to connect and uh, have a chat. Nice one. Or a coffee. Thank you again. (laughs) A coffee, that's right. (laughs) Always available. Brilliant, Cav. Thank you again. Really appreciate your time and thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, John Joe. Thanks, Jeff.